brothers and sisters, welcome to yet again another episode of the LDS Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, on this, the International Chess Day, Monday. Coming at you again from the garage gym, a sacred place, yet we do not take off our shoes on this holy ground, right? That would be unsafe. Too many, too many dumbbells, too many plates hanging around that I have yet to organize and clean up. So, we will not take off our shoes in this place. I am, uh, I got a lot to, uh, to, to say tonight. I got a lot of things on my heart. Um, hopefully you guys didn't mind. I felt that last week it would be much more advantageous for us to go over the words of the foundation of the mouthpiece, right, of the brethren and sisters of the church who were called to give us counsel during the last general conference. Um, a lot of interesting stuff there. I took copious notes this time. Um, I, I try to take notes every time. I took really copious notes this time. As we see more craziness happen in the world, as we look around us, and if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, and if you are indeed paying attention, you will notice that there are wars and rumors of wars. There are... Hearts of men growing cold, right? We're seeing a lot of signs of the times and stuff like that happening. Um, I actually was looking through some podcasts on YouTube, and a lot of people were saying, is this the last general conference before Christ comes? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry to break your bubble, but no. There is too much that has to happen as of yet for that to happen. However, this could be some really interesting times that we are in for, right? Um, let's talk a little bit about conference. I, I, I hope that you took notes, like I said, I did. As we, as we watched, as we listened, as we took those notes, I hope that... Um, that you paid attention to some of the themes that were present, right? I, I really liked how when President Nelson first got up uh, on the Saturday morning session, you know, some of the things that he talked about was that, look, there, these wars and rumors of wars were foreseen, right? Uh, the Lord is in control and he can end all conflicts, right? The gospel is the only answer for peace. Um, and then he goes on to, to start talking about a lot about missionary work and how each of us has a role to play in that, right? I, I really enjoyed Elder Bednar's uh, talk as well. That's why I selected that one to be the midweek spiritual boost. Um, like him, I do not sing well. <laughs> Although I do, I do enjoy gospel music. Um, I'm not the type of guy that listens to uh, a lot of of music that I would have listened to in the past. I I pretty much cut out music because of a lot of study into a lot of the influences and a lot of the 
messages that goes on in music. I just typically don't listen to a lot of it anymore. Um, but I do enjoy utilizing music as a tool, especially on Sunday with my family, in bringing in the spirit, right? In bringing in the correct kind of spirit and in bringing a little bit of harmony to the home, setting the right kind of mood for the Sabbath day, right? Um, I enjoyed... I enjoyed Elder Bednar's talk, how he talked about, you know, we will we will heed not the wicked, right? Um, he goes into talking about Lehi and the Tree of Life, you know, he talking about the mocking voices and, and not heeding them, right? Oh, there's so much good stuff that we could talk about with this, but but let's let's just go over some of the some of the themes, right? I guess just some of the the main themes, obviously missionary work, obviously, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's definitely a, what is a good way to describe it? I don't want to say sorrow, maybe a sadness, I could kind of sense in the prophet's eyes. Um, in, a little bit in his countenance and stuff like that. I, I wonder, you know, he has to be seeing. If I'm seeing things, then I, I just wonder what he is seeing. Let's, um, let's, let's, let's jump into it. I mentioned in one of my previous podcasts where if, if I were put in charge of getting the people, the LDS people, to fall, I would separate them from the mouthpiece, from the brethren, a.k.a. the foundation of Christ, right? Himself being the chief cornerstone. I would try to get people to become and adhere to cultural Mormonism over being true disciples of Jesus Christ, also known as true members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's interesting. If you are paying attention, um, my wife, she she uh, moderates a Facebook group of LDS women, right? Where there is a few thousand strong. It's pretty big. Um, and it's interesting because she has been uneasy about a lot of the direction that a lot of the Sisters in that group have taken words such as um, "65 year years old and older perverts who run the church," um, "old men," right, out of touch. Um, a lot of things that I don't. I'm not going to repeat. That's. I'm going to give you that as just a as a wireframe to to what I'm talking about here. And she created a different group and said, hey, very peacefully, hey, anybody who wants to join this group, this is one where, you know, maybe we follow what the Lord's mouthpiece says a little bit more strictly. We adhere to the foundation. You know, she worded it differently, a lot more tactfully than I would have. Um... The amount of pushback that she got from that was 
alarming. Even given what's happening with our LDS community right now, it's sad and it's alarming. And I wonder if that is that type of thing is being made known to our prophet and our president of the church. It's just very sad. It's very sad that we are experiencing this right now. And when Elder Bednar was giving his talk, and we were, t- you know, he was mentioning the iron rod, right? That's something. If you haven't noticed, I put that hold to the rod in every single episode and every single midweek spiritual boost that I put out there, brothers and sisters. I never thought that the scoffing and the scorn would come from our own. I never thought that, and I should have. That shouldn't have been surprising to me, but it was. You know, I've said it before, and I, I will absolutely adhere to this opinion that I'm about to share, but, you know, the hardest thing about serving an LDS full-time mission was the other members of the church and the other missionaries. I can handle people hating my guts just because I'm in somebody who has a black name tag on my thing with, you know, elder on it. I can handle pretty much anything else that comes with the territory, right? What makes a mission hard is members of the church and other elders and sisters in in the mission field. That's what makes it hard. I don't say that pridefully, saying that I was this tower of awesomeness or obedience or anything like that. I had problems. I had struggles. I had issues of my own. One thing I have always known is that The Lord's mouthpiece receives instruction from the Lord, which is why he's called the mouthpiece, by the way. Um, The Quorum of the Twelve Apostles is a church administrative arm that is personally set up by Christ himself and was organized by Christ when he himself was the head of the church in mortality. And when he was resurrected and left that duty to Peter, Petros, the rock, right? Upon this rock shall I build my church, upon this prophet. Uh, Second Thessalonians, right? This foundation of prophets and apostles, chief priests. You know... These things are not they're not our idea, brothers and sisters. And when you can see in real time, which we did, me and my wife looked, and we saw in real time as Elder Oaks delivered his strong uh, message, which in any other previous time would be just another talk, another general conference talk, but in today's snowflake generation, uh, it, it is counted as quote unquote, you know, hate speech and intolerance and stuff like that. We we saw our own people giving giving him uh, hate on social media, along with non-members and ex uh, excommunicated members who are 
as history shows, some of the strongest anti-Mormon uh, advocates out there. It's very interesting to see and to realize that, that as we are attempting to hold to the rod, as we listen to our church leadership, which, and I keep saying this, I'm doing this on purpose, right? Hand-picked prophet, hand-picked twelve apostles by the Lord Jehovah. Quick side note. The name Jehovah, right? Really cool stuff. If you if you look into this, into the, the the pictograph meaning of it and stuff. I mean, it all is it all ties together. It really does. And maybe I'll save that for a for another podcast. But I just everything fits together in a puzzle piece in the gospel, and it works. The church administration works. Now, now we're not perfect, obviously. We have our problems. We have our issues, right? The organization that Christ set up is perfect, and we're doing our best to administrate. You know, we, we were taught correct principles, and we are being allowed to govern ourselves. However, the Lord is actively leading and guiding His church through His mouthpiece. I'm going to read, because I went to reiterate something from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 1. Let's go to... Uh, verses 13, we'll read on maybe through 16 or so. And the anger of the Lord is kindled, and his sword is bathed in heaven, and it shall fall upon the inhabitants of the earth. And the arm of the Lord shall be revealed, and the day cometh that they who will not hear the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants, neither give heed to the words of the prophets and apostles, shall be cut off from among the people. For they have strayed from mine ordinances and have broken mine everlasting covenants. Excuse me. They seek not the Lord to establish his righteousness, but every man walketh in his own way and after the image of his own God, whose image is in the likeness of the world, and whose substance is that of an idol which waxeth old and shall perish in Babylon, even Babylon the great which shall fall. The Lord doesn't mince words there, brothers and sisters. Again, I go back to if I were trying to lead the membership astray, if I was trying to get you away from Christ, I would cast doubt through the foundation, through Christ's foundation. If I can create a crack in your eyes in the foundation, if I can separate you with pleasing doctrine about aliens, about conspiracy theories, right? If I can, if I can tickle your ears enough with intriguing stuff about space and about the location of Kolob, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm throwing stuff out there here. If I can make you want to believe something bad enough, I can then cast doubt on the Lord's mouthpiece. I can then cast doubt on the apostles. And if I can get you away from them, I got you. 
I have cut you away from the battery source. That will keep you spiritually fed and enlightened. Brothers and sisters, you know, I, I'm looking at everything right now. I am I'm losing sleep over the fact that some people are ostriching right now. They're putting their heads into the ground, spiritually as well as temporally. This is going to be an interesting time. When the church itself, uh, two years ago, comes out and says, we don't want to be alarmists, but unless we act now and act together and act decisively, this is shaping up, the situation is shaping up to be among the worst famines in human history, I take note. I listen closely to what the prophets and apostles have to say, and I get on my knees and I beg the Lord to hold me and my family in the hollow of his hand, and I start to warn my friends and my family at nauseam about getting ready both spiritually and temporally. I, in some cases, probably have upset some of them with my, my urgings, right? And that is out of, you know, an abundance of love. And, and it is, you know, it, it's not one of those things where I've... I am not a cultural Mormon. My belief in this is not as a cultural Mormon who was raised in the church. And this is not to toot my own horn. I am not great. I'm not up on my ramiumptum. I am a beggar just like you. But I can testify to you, brothers and sisters, that this church is the restored church of Jesus Christ. It has the foundation that was testified of by Paul, an apostle handpicked by Jesus Christ in his epistle to the Thessalonians. This is not just a nice way to raise my family and live my life. I am not utilizing valuable time that I would otherwise use to do something that I would want to do on a Monday night because I like the sound of my own voice. I believe that I have a duty to raise my voice as I hope I did in the pre-existence in support of the Savior and His plan and His foundation in support of his noble and great ones that were chosen before the foundations of the world were laid. The words, who's on the Lord's side who, come to mind. And there are people who think that they are on the Lord's side who are members of our church who need to really step back 
and need to take some self-reflection and need to really analyze what this church was set up on and what we are all about. Because the persecution that we are going to endure is going to come first and foremost from people who were once one of us. And, strangely enough, people who are still among us. Who are temple recommend holders in some cases. Who have chosen to endure and, you know, consume false doctrine from excommunicated members of our church. People who are leading them away from the foundation, from the prophet and apostles. Brothers and sisters, we are entering into times where we need to make sure that we are right with Jesus. Now, I, I've been accused because of my admonition to, to give strict heed, as I have covenanted to do in the temple, to the Lord's mouthpiece and his servants, his apostles, because of that strict adherence that I, I give to those uh, foundation members, I've been called a prophet worshiper. I've been called, you know, I, I've been accused of things that, funny enough, I've only been accused of by other denominations, uh, members on my mission, and haven't heard in years by our own membership. I have heard of people teaching their children that you don't have to listen to the prophet. I want to take a minute to speak about our personal relationship with our Savior. Because if we have a personal relationship with our Savior, this wouldn't be an issue. You know, Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, when he took on himself a tabernacle of clay and became Emmanuel, right? Which means God with us in Hebrew. When he did that, when he restored truths that were lost, when he laid down doctrine yet again and restored the priesthood, restored all these things that have been absent since the times of Moses, when he fulfilled his, his divine calling and mission and laid down his life and atoned for the sins of all mankind, 
and made it possible for sin and death to be overcome in a way that is incomprehensible to us. We will never fully understand that until we get to the other side, I'm convinced of. Because of that, because of Him coming and, and, and sacrificing and fulfilling and doing these things, you know, there wasn't a lot of, of people at the time who joined. Christianity only really got a very small percentage of the Jewish population. This is something that I've been coming to terms with lately. It's one of those things where where they say, you know, narrow is the is the way and 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 you know, it's it's one of those things. It, it really is where it, there's a small percentage of people that are going to willingly accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just how it is. It's a fact. The parable of the ten virgins is it's 50% of temple recommend holding members of the church, brothers and sisters. It's a pretty exclusive club of people who are going to willingly accept and do the will of the Father, who are going to do the will of the Savior, who are going to actually give heed to become as little children, which was a theme of General Conference, by the way, become as little children and have faith like children. And when that was being talked about, the song, Follow the Prophet, He Knows the Way, came to mind strongly. Brothers and sisters, I am striving every day to have a personal relationship with my Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the best ways that I can serve Him, one of the best ways that I can follow the commandments is to give heed to those that He has put in charge above me. Because I want to worship Christ as He is. I want to know Jesus Christ as He is. I want to understand Him. I want to eventually feel the handprints, or the, excuse me, the nail prints on His hand and His feet. I don't want to try to imagine how that is. I don't want to try to imagine His personality. I want to know Him for real. I don't want to imagine up myself somebody that doesn't exist. 
And as verse 16 talks about in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, Right? I don't want to I don't want to walk after the image of my my own God. I want to walk in the image of Christ, of who he is. I want to know him for reals. And to do that I have to have faith that he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's talking about when he puts a prophet in charge. when he puts those 12 apostles in charge, when he gives them guidance and teaches them correct principles and then says, okay, now guide the church. It's his church. I want to do things his way. I don't want to come up with my own way to do things. I want to do things his way. And if I do need to come up with, with something on my own, I will do so using principles that I have been taught. Correct principles. It is for my love of the Savior that I raise my voice in support and also as a voice of warning as somebody who is in the crowd with you. Like I've said before, we got people listening in Belgium. Somebody was listening in Egypt. Somebody was listening in Russia. You know, we, we got people listening all over the place. Uh, some people listening in Australia. We are all members of the body of Christ. We are all commanded to be one in unity. When we try to tell our fellow brothers and sisters to not listen to the prophet, they're just old people, they're out of touch, chauvinistic, adhering to, the, to a, a bygone era of, you know, Patriarchy. Brothers and sisters, we are walking after the image of our own God. That's not what I want to do. I want to be led to Christ. I don't want to trailblaze a path that I think should exist here. I want to find the path to Christ. And I want to be led there. Like a child. As General Conference was going, I got the sense that we are indeed going to go into hard times. And that we are not going to avoid those hard times. We are the Titanic we are about to hit or have hit the iceberg and we are not going to be spirited away or magic carpet ride you know away from the, our problems that we are going to endure my brother had a uh, i'm going to give a shout out to carl here my brother who uh by some miracle 
and after like six months in the hospital was able to get past COVID after seeing the other side and after doctors and everybody else telling you know the rest of us that he was going to die. After making a miraculous recovery, I was able to go up there and, and visit him uh, this past weekend. And as we were talking, he said something really interesting that uh, kind of I've been chewing on. And I feel that it's appropriate to bring it up being here in the garage gym, right? A place that is holy, but that we do not remove our shoes. You know, he said, he said, you know, life and, and all these hardships that are coming, it's, it's, it's just weightlifting. Now, if my goal is to bench press 400 pounds, and if I have to, if I have to be able to do that in order to move on to the next stage of life, right? If I have to put in whatever you want here. There's nothing that you can do to achieve that that doesn't involve a grind. You're going to have to not only work on your technique of your bench press, you're going to have to strengthen your body, your muscles, not just your chest. Of course you have to. That's a, that's a no-brainer. You have to strengthen your back. You have to start working on, on strengthening your back, your lats. You know what I'm saying? Your triceps, your shoulders. You have to, you have to grind through the, those workouts. If you want to actually achieve that goal, there is no way to get around that. There's going to be times when you don't want to, when it's going to suck. What's coming at us, brothers and sisters? We're going to have to endure. There's no way around it. We have to endure it. And it's going to be hard. But if we can become like little children, if we can listen, if we can, as one of my uh, coaches used to say, if we can be coachable, because that's a skill, to be as a child, to be coachable, right? Our burdens can be made light. The Lord will have a tried people. Go back and listen to that talk, that midweek spiritual boost that I put on there. The Lord will have a tried people. There's no way around that. There was a saying that I really enjoyed and that I wrote down when I was in the military. I believe it came from a movie um, from Achilles. And one of the things he said was, I would rather take, I'm going to butcher this, but here's the general idea. 
said I would rather take five lions into battle than five hundred sheep. We got a lot of sheep and sheeple, right? I call them sheeple. We got a lot of sheeple in the church, don't we? When wolves attack, sheep will run. The sheep run. Okay, the lions will stand. And they will face down any opposition that comes their way. And they will overcome or die. Brothers and sisters, let us be lions. The Lord needs lions. Lions are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Lions are like Brigham Young. They say, no, this is how we do things because this is how Christ said to do things. We don't allow anybody to, to vote who's going to become the next prophet of the church, right? We don't do anything until we get the, the, cor the majority of the Quorum of the Twelve back here. Then we will decide on what to do and we'll be guided. Lions... will seal their testimony with their blood, knowing that they are walking into the last jail cell that they will ever endure on earth. Knowing that a mob is going to come after them and take their life. Lions will stand as a witness of God in all times and in all places, right? Lions are beloved sons and daughters of God. And there's a lion in each one of us. There's also a sheep there is. There's a sheep in every one of us. And sometimes it can be very tempting to go with the, uh, to go with the crowd. When everybody else wants to dog on the prophet because he's old, out of touch, and part of an oppressive patriarchy. Lions stand alone if they need to but they stand up for what's right. You know, I had a thought the other day. I wish that we as a, as a people, that we could gather all of our people from around the world. Because conflict breeds hate. And I bear no hatred towards the Russian people. 
I bear no hatred towards the Ukrainian people. On the contrary, I love my fellow members of the church because I can go anywhere in this world and I will feel the spirit and I will sing, you know, I will sing songs, maybe not in your language, but the tune is going to be something I'm familiar with and the spirit is going to be something I'm familiar with. The organization will be something I'm familiar with. Your beliefs are my beliefs. You know, for, forget the politics, forget all that other jazz. I wish that we could just forsake all of our wicked, corrupt governments. If they want to go fight so bad, let them go fight. The rest of us, we're going to go over here and live according to Christ's way. Let's get some captains of tens, some captains of fifties and hundreds, right? Let's get our, let's get our, our Israel on here. I want to live according to that law. Brothers and sisters, I hope the words that I'm sharing with you, I hope that they are of benefit and they, they will create in your mind clarity. That not through me or my words, let me rephrase that, I hope the Spirit will create clarity for you. Using my jumbled unclear words, right? I hope that that going forward you will not only give strict adherence to Christ and follow His gospel, but that you will also in your way, however you are able whatever your talent is, wherever your abilities are, I hope that you will do likewise. Lift where you are, right? I love each and every one of you guys listening to this right now because you are You're listening. You're trying. There's a lot of people who will listen to this and who will scoff. And they have scoffed. And they're walking in their own way. They're sheeple. I don't want to be with them. That's fine. They, they can go. What the Lord wants is Zion's camp. Everybody left over after Zion's camp. That's what the Lord wants. He's okay shedding the, the sheeple. That's okay. We, we, can, we can shed a whole bunch of sheeple on the way. What I'm left over with is my five lions that I'm going to battle with. Stand in holy places, brothers and sisters. If that means you have to stand alone, be a lion and stand alone.
the hard times when they come, don't fear. Hopefully you've prepared. But ask the Lord on bent knee to make you stronger so that you can bench press 400 pounds. Ask the Lord to make you tougher mentally. Ask Him to make you tougher physically. To be able to do things you don't think that you can do. To make your burdens light. And I promise you that if you, if you do that, if you approach the Lord as a child, if you give strict adherence, to the words of prophets and apostles as those words were given to them by Christ, I promise you everything will be made aright. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through hardships. Zion's camp is here. We're, we're walking. We're walking through the valley right now. And it's going to get hard. Don't be one of the sheeple. I want to see you at the end. I want to see you at the end, and I want you to be a part of those five lions that are left over. I love you guys the world over. I love everybody in every country listening to this. Stay strong. Love each other. Be a lion. And above all else, hold on to the iron rod. Now more than ever. I ask, brothers and sisters, that the Lord will bless you wherever you are. I ask that He will make you strong in the face of afflictions and adversary and adversity I should say and adversaries I ask that the Lord will bless your families and I say these things humbly as a servant of Jesus Christ and as your fellow servant your brother in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.